0: First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kyla,
1: from Boston, Massachusetts. Today, we will be talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee speaking, Truths to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defoe. First, we will be reviewing The King's Daughter with Celine. Hi, Celine. So let's get right into it. Can you tell us what the plot is of this film?
2: Well, The King's Daughter is actually based on a book which is called The Moon and the Sun, and it's by the author Vonda N. McIntyre, which it's a historical fantasy novel. And it takes place during the reign of King Louis XIV of France. Now, King Louis, who is also known as the Sun King, he's the most powerful monarch of that time. And he's obsessed with his own mortality and rule. So while he's trying to find the key to immortality, um, he has his daughter, Marie Joseph, who is played by Cai Scatolario, brought back to court because she was secretly raised in a convent but she's unaware of her parentage and well I don't want to say any more because I don't want to give any spoilers yeah the
1: plot is definitely one of the strongest points of this film I did get the opportunity to see it but I must say I did not know that it was based off of a book so that's new information
2: (laughs) who's your favorite character and why Um, Definitely Marie Joseph, because she has this forthright character, intellect and beauty. And she also plays the cello and she composes music. And I just love her character. And she wears all these gorgeous gowns and costumes. Sounds like it's a great character.
1: (laughs) So uh, what are the overall messages
2: portrayed in The King's Daughter? Well, this film actually has more than one message because it explores the importance of belief and values. So the characters learn to stop hoping for the perfect world and to live in the one that they inhabit and try to make it better, which is a very important message for everyone.
1: Yeah, there are definitely a lot of important messages in the film. At least that's what I noticed when I watched it. (laughs) So in your opinion, what is the best part of this film?
2: Oh, it's hard. Definitely when she's swimming with the mermaid and talking and playing her cello. I also enjoyed those scenes a lot. There are so many great scenes to choose from especially with The Mermaid. That was definitely my favorite. It was really majestic, and I loved their connection.
1: Yeah, those scenes were definitely one of my favorite parts as well. So which set or location do
2: you think best fits the story, or what is your favorite set or location, and why? Definitely the one where they filmed Versailles. It was absolutely beautiful, and the movie showcases the – beauty and the majesty of Versailles. And I really enjoyed seeing those scenes. Yeah, definitely. Those are some of the best ones.
1: Which event in the plot do you think is most important for the film's development?
2: Definitely when she decides to free the mermaid. It was a really powerful scene, especially how she went against her father and his decisions
1: Yeah, that's definitely probably the most important part of this story. So what would you give this
2: for a star rating, and age recommendation, and where can we watch this? I would definitely give it a five out of five stars. And for my age rating, I would recommend it for ages six to 14. Adults will enjoy it as well. And the film opens exclusively in theaters on January 21st, 2022.
1: Cool. I will. Uh, well, I did get to see it, but I hope everyone checks it out. Thank you, Celine, for talking about The King's Daughter with us. No problem. I had so much fun. Yeah, me too. I really liked this film. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee, Speaking Truths to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defoe. Right now, we're switching over to review Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power with Ashley. Hi, Ashley. So what are your overall feelings about this film?
3: I really love this film. Um, for a documentary, I have to say it was very, very engaging and interactive. Um, kind of like what you will find in an active movie.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. So can you tell us a little bit about the storyline of this film?
3: Sure. So as like I mentioned before, this is a documentary, but um, the format of the film follows the life story of Barbara Lee, um, the 100th Black congresswoman, which I think is so cool. Um, It starts off the film with what she's doing currently in her ongoing campaign trail. That's what I like to call it. Um, And the initiatives that she's in right now um, and all the political things that she's um, a part of. Um, And then it follows how she got to where she is now, um, you know, where some things in her political journey that have been a little bit odd that has allowed her to become such a recognized member of Congress.
1: That sounds like a very empowering story to have in a documentary. Yeah, it is. So are there any characters or events that you can relate to even more than maybe some others?
3: Yeah, I would have to say. um, So Barbara Lee was put into a situation. Well, not situation necessarily. But she, like all politicians, had to make a very big decision Um, in order to grant the President of the United States at the time, the ability to make war making power, basically. And everyone in Congress said yes to the vote. But she was the only one who said no. And I don't obviously relate to it in that obviously big political sense. But I think that making a very difficult decision in the name of um, your co- your congressional, you know, committee and actually talking with everyone that you know and love and making the right decision. I think that resonated with me a lot.
1: Yeah, based on what you've said so far, it seems like there's a lot of uh, relatable components going on in this documentary. Mm -hmm. what are the primary themes of this film
3: um i would have to say um some really big aspects number one is format but i would have to say one primary thing about it is obviously uh politics um i would have to say that you would need to know some of the figures that are within the documentary, maybe to get to know them a little bit more like outside of the film. That's one thing I have to say is some primary things about it. Just a lot of political figures within it.
1: Sounds like there's a lot of themes involved, like big and little, everything's yes. going on. <laughs> so going in, did you have any background knowledge about the characters or events?
3: Um, Not about the main Uh, quote unquote character, um, Barbara Lee. But I did know and recognize some other political figures such as AOC or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I am very familiar with her as well as the late uh, Congressman John Lewis uh, with his work in the civil rights movement at that time. So um, I was familiar with them as well as some other political figures too, um, just from regular you know, the watching of the news. And so it was interesting to see the political figures of practically modern day that I am aware of really like talk about Barbara Lee, which I did not know. So um, honestly, it felt like I already knew a lot about her just because a lot of the political figures sat down and said she was the inspiration of why I'm the politician I am today. And she broke so many glass ceilings. So that was interesting for me.
1: Great. So what is your age recommendation and star rating?
3: Yeah, so I recommend this to ages 10 to 18 plus adults. And my star rating is five out of five. And where
1: and when can we watch uh, Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power?
3: Yeah, you can watch Barbara Lee speaking truth to power February 1st on STARS.
1: That sounds great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks, Kyla. Love your questions. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First film critic review all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston,
1: and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defo*. Next up, we'll be reviewing The Lost Treasure with Avalon. Hi, Avalon. Hi. So to start off, can you give us a brief overview of the storyline of The Lost Treasure?
5: Uh, Yeah. So uh, the film is about a treasure hunter named Eddie Fox and basically one day he finds this book and it tells him about this really cool like mythological, um, it's a story on like Hawaii so it's like a thing they made up that's like a Hawaii uh, mythological kind of story and then he basically finds out it's real and has to embark on kind of a quest to go and find it before it falls into the wrong hands.
1: That sounds like a really awesome fantasy plot. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, so what was your favorite part of this film and why?
5: I have to say, like, the locations. They weren't really, like, sets. Well, some of them were, but the ones that I really liked was there was, like, a beach. Sometimes there was, like, a forest. And I think they were all, like, really beautiful. And it was... I mean, I like the storyline, too, but this definitely kept me, like, engaged because they were just... Just so spectacular scenery. Those sound like great scenery and
1: locations and everything that probably added a lot to the film. It did. So overall, how did you feel about the cinematography and camera work? You just said that the scenes were good. So do you think the cinematographers did a good job of capturing that? Uh,
5: absolutely. They there was definitely a lot of cool like different camera shots of these scenes and of the actors as well. And I think that everyone on the like, production team and stuff did a really good job. That def- that, oh, that. definitely sounds like a unique aspect.
1: For so sure. what do you think is the message of The Lost Treasure and how does it connect to the exploration side of things?
5: So uh, I think the message of it is to uh, never give up and keep persevering because you never know what you might uncover and It kind of connects because, like, through this whole thing, he's, like, looking for something that's basically been considered a myth. And they believe it's real, but they just have to keep looking because if they get discouraged and just stop looking, then it could fall into the wrong hands.
1: Those sound like important messages. So were there any aspects of the film that didn't quite reach your expectations?
5: Yeah. I don't really think so. I really enjoyed the film and every aspect of it. So so what surprised you most when you saw this film? Um, well, one thing I did think was pretty funny was that in the film, there's basically a group of three good guys and three bad guys. So really, they have pretty much even chances. So you don't really know how it's going to play out. That sounds like something you wouldn't
1: expect, but like it could really have a creative twist on what's going on. <laughs> it did, for sure. So are there any films or TV shows that you've seen or heard of that are similar to this that you can think of off the top of your head?
5: Um, not that I can think of, but uh, or that I've really seen, but I think there definitely would be some out there that would be very similar to this that I would find enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it sounds like
1: anything kind of relatable and that has explorer elements would be great. Yeah. So uh, what is your age recommendation and star rating?
5: Uh, I rated it uh, 4.5 out of 5 stars, and I recommended it for ages 8 to 18 plus adults. Great. And where and when can we view The Lost Treasure? Uh, it's actually available to watch now. It came out on January 11th. Great. Thanks for talking with me, Avalon.
1: Yeah, of course. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee speaking Chiefs to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defo. Right now we're switching over to review The End of Blindness with Avalon. Hello again. Hi.
5: So what are your overall thoughts on this film? Uh, Well, I think that it was a really cool one. It was actually a documentary. So it definitely had like, it had like a lot of cool elements that films have, but it also had that kind of real aspect of being a documentary.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like when documentaries can make you feel, you know, it is real, but it can make you feel kind of like so amazing. That's definitely good.
5: Yeah. And so what was the message or theme of the end of blindness? Uh, so I think I personally thought that the message is that no matter what the situation is, there is always something that could be done. So go out and do it. That sounds like an important theme because I think
1: some people have something they want to do, but don't do it. So I think it's great to get that out there.
5: Yeah, mm, for sure.
1: So what is the main or any of the conflicts of this film?
5: Well, it's a documentary. So what it's about kind of is uh, there's uh, Samuel Bora, who is like the only uh, ophthalmologist for about 3 million people in uh, rural Ethiopia. So there's like a bunch of, I guess, the kind of conflicts you'd find that he found was that there were so many, he's like, Basically, he does like cataract surgery and other things for the poor for very cheap so that they can get access to it. But there's so many people that it's really hard for him to get to everyone.
6: That sounds
1: like a conflict that could lead to you being very interested and hoping for him to get his way and be able to do what he needs to do.
5: Yes, it was.
1: So what do you think is the strongest aspect of this film?
5: Well, uh, I think... There was uh, a lot of cool, I guess, shots of like what they, they kind of showed, like how he he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't, wasn't able to get to everyone, but he gets to a lot of the people in need. And I just think it's really amazing that they were able to capture that and just show, like, it was really amazing to see when the people who were like blind or like almost blinded after they took the eye patch off and could see again. It was really amazing. That sounds amazing. It was. Can you share some of the best
1: camera shots and locations from the end of blindness?
5: Well, mostly, um, most of the camera work was done in like his office area because it was showing you kind of what he does on the job. But there were some uh, shots of like some African villages and it was really amazing to see how different they are from the cities uh, in the U.S. Sounds like
1: it definitely fits the storyline, the locations, and they show you kind of more behind the scenes than what the dialogue might be telling you. Yeah, they do. So did you have any background knowledge going in? So you said it was a documentary. Did you know anything about the uh, people involved or the events?
5: I actually didn't. When I mean, I knew, like, the base storyline because I ran it when I, like, decided to watch it. But... Uh, I didn't really know much about it and I thought it would just be a good opportunity to kind of learn about this since it's a problem for so many people and it's amazing what uh, some like doctors can do to help people with that. Yeah. So were there
1: any parts of this film that didn't quite reach your expectations or was everything just really good?
5: Uh, I think everything was really good and they really showed us like how this man... Uh, like the ophthalmologist, how he does his work and gets to so many people and helps so many people be able to see again.
1: Yeah, definitely. So which character or person, I know it seems like there is one main person, but were you able to relate to and really like
5: root for in this film? Well, there wasn't necessarily like, I don't remember all the names, but there was like lots of different people It kind of showed like the, uh, The Samuel Boya, the ophthalmologist, kind of helping. And I think it was always really exciting when they were about to take off the iPads and you were just really hoping that when they did, they would be able to see again.
1: It sounds like it's a really happy and like joyful moment whenever they take off the iPads. Yeah, it was a very inspirational film in that aspect. It sounds like it, based on everything we've talked about. So what is
5: your star rating and age recommendation? Uh, so I gave uh, The End of Blindness four to five stars, and I recommended it for uh, ages 12 through 18 plus adults. And where and when can we watch The End of Blindness? Uh, it came out on demand uh, about November uh, 18th in 2021.
1: Great. I'm really interested in this now. It sounds like a really inspirational and important story for people to hear and understand. It definitely is. Thanks for talking to me, Avalon. Yep, of course. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival.
7: Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter you can find us at
2: voiceamericatrn
0: to become a kids first film critic visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First film critic review all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm your host Kyla from Boston and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee Speaking Truth to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defoe. Next up, we'll be listening to Dominic's interview with Christian Convery on The Tiger Rising.
6: Hi, everyone. I'm Dominic you're reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Christian Convery, who plays Rob in The Tiger Rising. Christian Convery is a young actor who's worked alongside some of the biggest names in Hollywood. He's known for his roles in Sweet Tooth, Playing With Fire, and The Tiger Rising. Welcome, Christian. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Well, let's get started. I really enjoyed Rob's character, especially his willingness to stand up to his bully classmates. Do you consider yourself as brave as Rob in real life?
8: Um. That's one of the main things that me and Rob have a connection with. We are both quite brave and ready to experience new things. So I would say yes.
6: I know that Rob felt totally defeated by his past. And on top of that, he had to face his bullying. It was great to see how no matter how broken his spirit was, he had the ability to try to defend his friend's esteem. That was great there's so many teachable moments within this film. As kids, we can certainly appreciate the lessons that adults teach us. What do you believe is a great teachable moment within The Tiger Rising?
8: One great teachable moment that I would mention is a universal message that everybody can take away because it resonates with adults and kids would be that Everybody goes through pain and different emotions differently. For example, Rob Horton, he heaps them all deep inside him, locked up in a cage. Whereas Sistine, she acts boldly, verbally, and physically to let all that anger
6: out. I couldn't agree more. We can definitely all learn from that. There's so many great scenes throughout this film. Is there any one scene that was your favorite? Um,
8: One scene that i can say was my favorite was the scene with willie Mae where i'm in the laundromat and i'm talking to her about my emotions and feelings that are deep down inside me and with two black licorice gun in that scene and i never tried black licorice gun until then so it was really revolting and we had a really good laugh about that but and um, that was one of the most pivotal and key moments in the show because really May is really telling me that my emotions need to go from my legs all the way up to my heart because this shows that Rob Horton is keeping everything locked up in a cage like the tiger deep down inside. Them.
6: Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the film so much that I felt so connected to Rob and We're going through it would be hard for me to pick a favorite scene. There seems to be some difficult scenes in the film. Did you face any personal challenges while filming The Tiger Rising? Um, I didn't face many
8: personal challenges at all, but one thing that I thought was cool is that I learned how to whittle. Um, so I would like take lessons with the professional whittler who was on set and I learned how to whittle different things like a mini dolphin or a little tree. So that was really fun, and that's a new personal skill I
6: have now. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that with us. I'm actually in scouts, and I've learned to, and I've been whittling for a while now.
1: You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about the King's Daughter, Barbara Elise Became Truth to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defo. Right now we're
6: continuing Dominic's interview with Christian Convery on The Tiger Rising. There's such a great cast in this film. Can you tell us what it was like working with the other cast members? And are there any fun on or off set stories you can share? Um,
8: getting to work with everybody on set was incredible. Um, For example, Queen Latifah, whenever you were around her, she had this amazing energy and vibe that she gave you. And she'd always make you feel special when you went up to her. And it was totally amazing working with Dennis. He was super cool. And we'd always crack jokes and laugh all the time, like all of the time. And with Madeline Mills, um, we had so much fun on and off set. Like we would go to like restaurants and try different things that we had never experienced before, because I come from Canada and we were in Georgia. So it's like a whole new culture. We tried different foods and different experiences and the Georgia hospitality is totally amazing, but we had many onset and offset experiences.
6: I always enjoy hearing fun stories of being on set. Awesome. I'm really excited to ask my next question because it's about something that I feel totally connected to and it's animal exploitation. So here we go. The film has a tone for animal advocacy, were you personally affected by the idea of a captive tiger and how miserable his life was being in a cage?
8: Um, even though it's just a movie, yes, I can relate. And I feel like that's not ethical whatsoever to keep an animal locked up. So in zoos, if there's um, a tiger there locked up or any really any animal, I feel like it should have a lot more space to roam around and be free. So, I didn't, like, even though it's just a movie,
6: yes, those, that's another really important thing. Mm-hmm. In watching the film, I was really excited to see how the cage tiger affected Robinson's was The way kids are starting to see captivity is exciting for me. We definitely need to be their voice in order to make change. That is for sure. The tiger in the film certainly tugs at our hearts. How much of what we see in tiger is CGI? Um,
8: Every time there is um, an actor on the set, there is no tiger whatsoever. It's CGI, which is just computer-generated images that animators animate. So even though it looks like it's completely real, it's not. But anytime there's just a lone tiger, it's usually real because um, there's a trained professional who brings a tiger in. I've never seen the tiger because of safety reasons, and that would be pretty scary if I did. But um,
6: there's always a trained professional. Therefore, it's always safe. The capabilities of bringing that tiger to life were incredible. The film is filled with a lot of emotion. What message do you hope audiences will take away from watching The Tiger Rising? one big universal
8: message is like i said before how everybody reacts to pain and goes through pain and struggles differently and it's all about diversity and those dynamics of how different people struggle and that's one key message that i hope everybody takes away from this film the
6: film has such a such great messages and i think It would make an awesome resource to be used in classrooms all over the world. This film is based on a best-selling book, Tiger Rising, by Kate DiCamillo. Had you read the book prior to getting involved in the film? I had not read the book
8: prior to getting involved in the film. Um, I was just in elementary school at the time. Um, So when I first got the role of Rob Horton, I immediately started reading the book, and I loved it. I loved it and really helped me make Rob
6: come alive. Well, I have personally not read the book, but I love to read, so I will be getting the books real soon. Uh, well, thank you, Christian Convery, for talking with us today. The Tiger Rising, the Tiger Rising, releases in theaters January twenty first, twenty twenty two, and begins streaming on Apple TV February eighth, twenty twenty two. This film is sure to tug at your heartstrings keep you in suspense, and allow you to have such an appreciation for friendships. This is Dominic DeGravio reporting for Kids First.
1: Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First film critic reviews all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more, so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from
1: Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee Speaking Truth to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Next up, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with Cece Bell on El Hello,
9: everyone. I'm Tiana Servers reporting for Kids First, and today I'm speaking with Miss Cece Bell. Miss Bell is known for writing books such as El Defo and Sock Monkey. She's joining me today to discuss her latest animated series project based on her book El Defo, which is of the same name, that tells the story of her as a child and how she lost her hearing and in a sense finds her in her superhero. Welcome, Miss Bell. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, it is an honor. I watched this animated series and it is amazing.
7: Thank you. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yes,
9: So El Defo is based on your own life as a child. So what were some experiences in your life that you used to tell the story of young Cece?
7: Um, Probably the main thing that I um, used in the show is the fact that when I was in elementary school, I was the only deaf kid in the whole school. And I had to use a special hearing aid, and it was very large and clunky. And I used that hearing aid um, in partnership with a microphone that my teacher wore. And it um, that microphone amplified the teacher's voice so that I could hear her in the classroom. But what was really cool about it was that I was able to hear my teacher wherever she was in the entire school. So I kind of got to spy on her a little bit. And um, it sort of made me think of myself as kind of a superhero, because in real life, I was very, very shy and um, just kind of a pushover kind of kid, you know. Um, so imagining myself as a superhero was something that kind of helped me get past some of the things that were difficult about being the only deaf kid in a school where there weren't any other deaf kids around at all.
9: Right. And I'm sure that was
7: something that, in a sense, bothered you.
9: But I really love how you took that and, in a sense, made it your superpower. Instead of taking it as a bad thing, like you didn't belong there, you really turned it into something amazing.
7: Right. Exactly. And um, if you've read the book, it's very similar to the message of the book, which is that, um, everybody, not just me, but everybody feels different in some way. And it's actually better to share the things about yourself that make you different because those are the things that make you interesting. So, um, it took me a long time to realize that the, um, kids in my classes were interested in me and not just the technology, but just, you know, they were interested in me because I was there. But um, it really helped to share what that technology could do, what that hearing aid could do. And once I started talking about it, things got a lot easier for me at school. Of
9: course. Mm -hmm. So I really love the lessons that you included in each episode about how we can help children that are hearing impaired communicate especially when it comes to things such as lip reading so what do you most want people to get out of the ldefo series
7: um i'm hoping that people um who watch it um both um let me take that back a little bit um the hearing people who watch it i hope that they will come to see that there are um, many, many different ways that a deaf person can be deaf and what they, how they choose to communicate. Like some deaf people may prefer sign language and some deaf people may be lip readers like me. And there's a whole spectrum of ways that someone can be deaf. And it's not just, you know, I can hear, I can't hear. It's not that simple. And, um, and for the deaf people watching the show, I'm hoping that they, um, see a little bit of their own experiences in the show and sort of, um, they'll be able to see that they're not alone, you know, that there's somebody out there that has a similar, similar experience to them. And, um, honestly, everybody feels different at some point. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, everybody feels a little different and everybody has experienced what it feels like to be lonely and isolated. So especially during COVID, oh my goodness. So um, I'm just hoping that the show is sort of like a good friend, you know, a good friend to anybody who needs it. Of course, it was
9: very heartwarming and
7: inspiring. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You are listening to Kids
1: First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about The King's Daughter, Barbara Lee, Became Truth to Power, The Lost Treasure, The End of Blindness, The Tiger Rising, and El Defo. Right now, we're continuing Tiana's interview with Cece Bell on El Defo.
9: So two things uh, we did kind of talk about that you talked about as well was lip reading and COVID-19. And, you know, we have to wear masks now. Uh, for about the past year and a half, and it's really crazy. And one of the main things I know you use, and I'm sure other hearing impaired people use, is lip reading. So how have you kind of had to adapt, uh, to that during COVID 19 with all the mask wearing?
7: Oh, mask. Um, mask, uh, I really hate them. <laughs> I mean, I, I love them because they do help keep people safe, but it has been very, very challenging. And, um, I don't understand a word that's being said when people have masks on. So one of the ways I've adapted is I actually have um, an app on my phone that I'm using now. And you can see all these words, but um, it transcribes what people are saying in real time, almost like um, people have uh, captions like on the television. And so I use that, but, that's kind of awkward sometimes. So um, I just sort of, I sort of um, figure out ways around it. You know, if if I don't have to have a conversation, then I don't, I won't have the conversation. It really is that tricky. But at the same time, um, sometimes I've asked people to go outside and stand, you know, 10 feet apart and lower their masks just, quickly and say something and that works sometimes but um I haven't been asking people to do that lately the Variant and everything so it's been challenging I look forward to when when the masks go away <laughs> I can tell you that much
9: yes yeah. same here it's a little hard to breathe sometimes but it's definitely a
7: challenge it is it is yeah. <laughs> So,
9: Miss Lexi Finnegan, who is also deaf, actually voices young Cece in the series. So, what were you, in a sense, looking for in the person who voiced Cece? And what was it about Miss Finnegan that made you pick her?
7: Wow. Um, we chose Lexi because it was clear from the get go that she was um, 100% committed to the project. And, um, and, and along with that, the fact that she is also deaf and she uses cochlear implants to help her. So she had sort of um, a similar experience to mine in a lot of ways. And so she was able to bring her own experience of deafness to the show and make it feel that much more authentic. But um, she, well, I'm very shy. She's very outgoing. And so we had, um, we worked a lot with her on um, trying to sound shy, which was kind of hard for her because she's just so outgoing and um, just a lovely person. So we got really lucky when we found her for the role.
9: Yes, she was amazing at it. And you were also amazing at narrating.
7: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that was that was a little bit out of my comfort zone for sure. Um I got to work with an acting coach, and that was exciting and it really helped to um even though they were my words, and it's my life, I still had to bring some kind of you know drama <laughs> to the whole thing so that was a little a little challenging but um but a lot of fun. I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that
9: Yes, yeah, sounds very special
7: so mm-hmm. well, I know we're running
9: short on time, so Uh, For my last question, I want to say you use a very interesting method in the series to let us know how the world sounds to people who are hearing impaired or who use hearing aids and, in a a sense, experience it for ourselves. So why was it important for you to include this in El Defo?
7: Um, I just really thought um, it would be it would help hearing people be more empathetic to what to what it's like. To be deaf and it's not a perfect representation by any means because, you know, it was really tricky to, well, it was tricky for a deaf person to tell hearing sound designers, you know, take this audio and make it sound awful. And here's what I want it to sound like. It was really tricky to describe all that. But, um, but hopefully people come away with a deeper understanding of deafness and, um, and also just um, it really helped the show feel more authentic. You know, this is all from the point of view of this one kid who has trouble understanding what's going on because because I'm not able to hear as well as other people. So hopefully that comes through and will just give people something to think about and appreciate. Well, it definitely did some...
9: To me, I mean, I love the show. I hope that other people, whether they're hearing impaired or have hearing, I hope that everybody takes something from it and really enjoys it like I did.
7: Oh boy, I hope so too. That was a great that was a great plug. You you're really good at this. Thank so you. Yeah, yeah, you're so welcome. You're yeah. so welcome.
9: <laughs> and thank you so much for speaking with me today, Miss Bell, about Al Defo. It has an amazing fly and message. And it was an honor to speak with you today. This was a very special interview.
7: Oh, well, thank you so much. It was a treat talking to you as well. You really are good at that. So I hope you keep doing it.
9: <laughs> I definitely will. Thank you.
7: Good. Okay. So for everybody watching today, you can check out
9: Al Defo. It is going to be streaming on Apple TV Plus Friday, January 7th. 2022. Again, I'm Tiana Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First
1: Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media, for Voice America, and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. I'm Kyla from Boston, Massachusetts, reporting for Kids First.
0: Bye!